episode 97 for March 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. It's the online comic shop that has today's comics at yesterday's prices. And a spider spotlight for this episode is Spectacular Spider-Girl number one. Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends return to the title that never gives up trying. And now in this first issue, our girl Mayday Parker brings the Punisher out of retirement to help clean up the streets in the MC2 universe. Now the cover price of that book is $3.99. Mail order has it for a buck ninety-nine, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and tell them the crawlspace sent you. Welcome, crawlspace webheads, to another Spider Panel show. Let's get the introductions out of the way. We have Kevin Cushing from the Spider-Man Crawlspace webcomic. Get your eights up, sir, correct? Hell yes, after, uh, what has it been, two to three years of waiting? Yes, it was well worth the wait. I read it. We'll pimp it in just a little bit, but we have to get to this. You uh, just woke up because you were partying late last night at a local gay and lesbian dance-off. Yes. That's the first uh, time I've ever said that in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there, there was much dancing with uh, lots of guys dressed as girls and girls dressed as guys, and uh, it was good fun, and I, I was exempt from dancing, so that An was good. The only straight guy in the room. So, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I had a monopoly if there were any straight girls in there. Uh, I think Peter Parker went to that same club in, a, in an issue we're going to review. So that <laughs> Jr. from SpideyKicksButt.com. Uh, Jr., you told me back in college you went to a gay bar once. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah? And uh, I couldn't even get hit on by the gay guys. That's how bad. <laughs> Poor guy. That's kind of how my luck went oh, in college. Man. And we have Stella from the Batgirl to Oracle podcast. Now, Stella, you went snowboarding and you bonked your head. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Um, it's pretty slushy now in Virginia, so I was on my toe edge and it sort of caught my edge. And I um, flipped backwards and landed on my back. The wind kind of got knocked out of me. My head slammed back. Luckily, I was wearing a helmet, but I was sort of like out of it for a little bit and had to catch my breath. You're but... okay now, though, right? Yeah, I, I didn't die in my sleep, so as far as I know, I don't have a brain bleed or a concussion. And you suddenly find Zach attractive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the hottest thing on earth as far as I'm concerned. Brad, I will kick your ass one of these days. Speaking of ass-kicking, we have Zach from SpideyDude.com. And the Alpha and Omega are up on your site, right? But No, 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 just the, the Alpha and Parker. Okay. Yeah, the uh, Clone Saga Chronicles, the first two parts of uh, Clone Saga Chronicles are up. And uh, very, very excited. You know, I actually uh, thought I lost part one when I originally wrote it, and then I found it the other day, and I was like, woohoo! Nice. It was very Homer like, Simpson-ish. Uh, I like that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're going to have uh, all those are going to hopefully, knock on wood, yeah. be uh, released by our birthday on June 17th. Very nice. And we have Michael Bailey from the views from the longbox.com and several other podcasts. How many are you up to now, Kevin? Uh, Michael? <laughs> Not Kevin. Counting this one, I do four weekly, uh, six monthly, wow. and I'm about to start something on another one, but that's going to be like a, a feature. It's kind of like what I do for Radio KL. Oh. So it's not like I'm going to be part of the podcast. I'm just going to be recording a bunch of little have like a segment? bits for it. Yeah, yeah something nice. like that. Awesome. And how's the uh, Batman uh, on the Wii going? Oh, we beat it. Very nice. Went through everything, uh, did every challenge, uh, did the two, went through Arkham and Wayne Manor, and unlocked every character, every vehicle, and everything. So it was a lot of fun. It was kind of sad though at the end. 
because we were enjoying ourselves so much. Nice. All right, we've got a lot of topics we're going to plow through on this show. We're going to start off with one of the weirdest damn things I've ever seen on the Internet. Evidently, the director Mick G, who is uh, famous for uh, directing music videos and also the Charlie's Angels movies, the new ones. The uh, horrible Terminator movie. Yeah, the Terminator Salvation, he directed that. Evidently... And we all dodged a bullet when he didn't direct Superman. Thank uh, you, God. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to thank the baby Jesus right now. <laughs> well, anyway, he teamed up with Kirsten Dunst. They went over to Japan, and they did a remake of the song Turning Japanese. And she's dressed... I, I, I wish we had Thomas Mass on. Well, no, I don't. But uh, <laughs> he could tell me who this character is dressed up as. Who Does anybody know who she's dressed up as? Is it Rainbow Knight? Uh, I, I want to say it's Sailor Moon. Okay, got it. I, I just look at it as generic anime girl number 15. Okay. So. Okay. Generic anime girl number 15 with the blue hair and the uh, the red heels like Dorothy. Uh, she's singing a remake of the 80s song. Sex, no drugs, no wine, no women, no fun, no sin, no you, no wonder it's dark. Everyone around me is a total stranger. Everyone avoids me like a cyclone ranger. Everyone. That's when I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Turning Japanese. Kevin, you just, you're the most recent one to watch it. What do you think of this thing? I, 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 uh, <laughs> I feel like if this is what she's going to be doing once moving on from Spider-Man, then, oh, that's her loss. My God. Why was there blue hair, and why were there anime boobs? Wow. Because it was in Japan? True. <laughs> True. But why did she do this? I, did, I don't I just don't understand. Well, I haven't seen her in a movie in a long time. Nope. <laughs> Apparently the offers are drying up. I mean, up. if, if uh, Mick G came to Kevin Cushing and said, here's a million dollars, put on some blue hair and dance in the street, would you do it? Yeah, that would pretty much be <laughs> Stella, what do you think of this thing? Um, you know, I, I should think after this that this will be a catalyst for her career and she'll get all sorts of offers. Uh, no, not really. Um, you know, when I watched it, I, I had to... <laughs> I had to stop it one minute because I was just sort of annoyed by the high-pitched um, thing. And, you know, it just sort of reminds me of Heidi Montag and how she tried to have some sort of singing career, and that didn't really pan out. So I'm not really sure. You know, I'm one of the, the small handful of people that um, was fine with Mar uh, Kirsten Dunst's Mary Jane, but this sort of, like, I lose respect for her in seeing this. So I didn't mind her as Mary Jane either. I thought she was okay, except for the third one when she was a bit annoying. But alas, uh, Jr., you're up on the latest music videos. Uh, what do you think of this thing? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. In fact, uh, have you seen that recent one with Pat Benatar? Uh, I really like her. Uh, yeah, MTV's got that on loop. <laughs> I think she's going to be big one of these days. Um, <laughs> I did not watch this because I do not give a rat's ass about that skank. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. Holy crap. Don't candy coat it, Jr. Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> okay, uh, Bailey. <laughs> um, you know, as much as I didn't like her in the Spider-Man films, I really don't have a problem with Kirsten Dunst. I actually kind of in enjoyed some of her other movies, especially Drop Dead Gorgeous, which I think is hilarious. Uh, I, I thought it was fun. I mean, she she. 
she had more filters than a you know a school library computer on her voice. <laughs> but that was good. Um, you know, and I hate McGee with the fire of a thousand suns, but overall, I I kind of enjoyed it. It was it was she was kind of funny. Yeah, and 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 I feel bad about that. Like I like I should feel bad about enjoying it, but I did, and I, it's kind of hard to. Explain. I agree. I kind of enjoyed it too. Maybe it was the anime boobs. Uh, Zach, <laughs> what do you think, sir? Excuse, excuse me. Are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is all fail. Uh, okay, first of all, number one, she does have like twenty different filters on her voice because God knows this woman can't sing. All right. Yeah, we uh, were we thinking it really was Kirsten Dunst singing, or was yes. she just standing in? I no, I, she... I think that was her. I, I huh. honestly think that was her. Because it did sound something like that atrocity that was at the beginning of Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the whole, the anime boobs just kind of was like, okay, really? Uh, I know it's Japan, but good God. Seriously? I, I, don't, I don't watch a video just to see anime boobs. I know some guys are like that, you know, whatever. But, uh, no, this was, uh, I hate the song, you know, I, I hate that song, I've hated that song forever, you know, um, considering it's about, does everybody know what the song's about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self-love. Yeah, we got okay. it. Self-love, you go. okay, there you go, that'll Brad work. Just had to say it. <laughs> uh, um, I'm turning on the so DC, like I'm turning on the DC. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's good stuff. Sorry, Bailey. It's okay. I hate you. <laughs> Somebody else hit their head. Uh, all right. You know, I just, I, just uh, I watched this video and I really want my time back. I guess this is the best way to describe it. All right, uh, moving on to another topic. It looks like we might have a Ben Riley solo book coming if Marvel gives the thumbs up. Uh, Zach wrote his review of uh, Clone Saga number six on the front page. Howard Mackey came to the board or the front page and said he appreciated it and that he quote I truly appreciate all the kind words and that Tom gets all the blame for the minor negatives. Tom and I would love to continue with Ben and have pitched a series, but that is Marvel's call. Maybe a grassroots movement would help. Thanks again, Howard Mackey. So, Mister uh, Clone Saga, what do you think? Um. If those two were writing a, a, if they had the creative team for Clone Saga, writing a Ben Riley series, yeah, I would definitely pick it up because they number one they understand the character, number two, um, they wrote a really good mini. Uh, that, I mean, of the last ten years, I can think of about four or maybe five mini series that have been good, and uh, this was definitely one of them. I. Uh, <laughs> And everybody knows how much I'm a big DeFalco fan, so I, uh, you know, I definitely pick it up. Spidey.com, well, me and me and my co-host Bertoni have talked about uh, starting to get that ramped up, and we'll be talking a lot more about that on Spidey.com. Mm-hmm. Um, which we got some other plans that we're trying to get sorted out. <clears throat> so when we get to that, we'll uh, definitely just start working on getting the pitch. Well, basically, started. if you want the book to happen, you can do it three ways. I've, I added links. You can email Joe Casada, Steve Wacker, Tom Brevoort. And also handwritten letters to Marvel Entertainment, LLC, 417 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York, 10016. So, and honestly, the uh, handwritten letters are going to do a lot more to impact the uh, the guys over at Marvel. Now, 
if the book happens, do you want it set in the current universe, or do you want it set in that mini universe, or what would you like? Um, I would prefer the mini universe, but I would read it if it was set in the current six one six. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd uh, want it in six one six, but yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, it'd be very interesting, you know. To see how they would do it in six one six. Now another clone lover is Kevin. What do you think of Ben Riley's solo book? Would you pick it up? Oh hell yeah! yeah. Uh, I thought the sixth issue of the Clone Saga miniseries was the strongest of the whole series, uh, and just based on the quality of that one, I would absolutely pick up an ongoing set in that universe. Which you know, I'm a hundred percent sure if they did do a Ben Riley ongoing, it would be continuing from that miniseries. They're they're not bringing back in. 616 as much as I'd like that. Yep. Um, yeah. But it would be, it would be a really a good series, I think, especially if you have these creators doing it, or even if it was just Howard Mackey or just Tom DeFalco, but I get the impression it would be both of them. Uh, I'd pick it up in a heartbeat. I'd love it, even if they charged three ninety nine for it, and it would get canceled quickly if they did, but I'd buy every issue. The thing is, the mini didn't sell that great. It was in the tw- mid-20s range. I mean, do you think a Ben Riley's book would probably sell about the same? They, they Number one, um, the problem with the miniseries was there was not a whole lot of people that ordered it, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of shops that ordered extra copies. Yeah. So, those, because think, they stopped. Go ahead again. All right, I think a Ben Riley solo series, even in that universe, would sell better uh, because it's something that I think people could identify better. Um, people that weren't reading you know, the Internet and all the news and everything to know what this miniseries was, I think they just pretty much saw Spider-Man Clone Saga and thought, oh, it's just a... It's just one of those retellings of an old story, like those, you know, Avengers Forever or whatever, yeah. and they figure they've read that before. But if you do a Ben Riley ongoing, I think that's going to appeal to more people. Mm-hmm. But I also think it wouldn't last a year, maybe not past five issues. Kind of like Sword. Uh, yeah. Exactly like Sword. Yeah. It's like the way Kieran Gillen, uh, who wrote Sword, explained that was uh, Sword was doomed before anybody got to read the first issue mm-hmm. because it was. Marvel was basing it on those first issue orders that weren't that good, and then the second issue orders were crap. But all those orders came before anybody got to read issue one. And I think the same thing would probably happen with a Ben Riley book, which is sad, but I do think more people would buy it while it was out. Yeah, Stella, would you pick it up? Um, I've already had my heart broken once by a solo series that's been canceled, so I don't know if I can go through the heartbreak again. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, it really stinks that these great soul books are coming out, and um, I don't know, they're just shelved for whatever reason that the creators decide to give us. Um, I mean, I'm not the biggest Ben Riley fan, but I would definitely support it in other ways other than buying it. Right. So. Mr. Bailey, would you pick it up? No, but not because I'm not interested in it, just for monetary reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a money thing. I mean, it's a, it's a good concept. If I was buying comics like I was ten years ago, I would definitely throw it on the stack. Mm-hmm. So it, it's nothing against Ben Riley. It's nothing against the creators involved. Right. Jr. I don't think you're picking it up, but you're not a big Colin Saga fan. Well, it, it's not just that. I don't have any fundamental opposition to a Ben Riley series. I mean, I didn't like dislike Ben Riley as a character. It was just that whole. Uh, that whole, oh, by the way, the Spider-Man you've read for the last 20 years is fake. Ha, 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 we pulled one on you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, you know, so I, I, I probably wouldn't, like Mr. Bailey, I probably wouldn't pick it up for budgetary reasons because they're naturally going to sell it at three ninety nine, and that's kind of my breaking point. But I think this would be a really bad time to try to launch something like that. Um, 
the last couple of months, sales have not looked good anywhere on anything, and, and some of that may be just seasonal, but, uh, you know, I, I think that Ben deserves a little, may, maybe he should be relaunched when the economic environment is a little better, because if they launch him now, he's, you know, and he lasts five issues, mm-hmm. you'll never convince Marvel to do another one again, so, yeah. you know, this seems like a bad time. Speaking of another character that's getting another shot at a solo book, Spider-Girl is coming back. Zach Squeal. Oh, yay! Spectacular Spider-Girl, number one. The first issue is 40 pages, three ninety-nine, but that's just the first issue. The second issue will be two ninety-nine. Uh, it's going to reprint the Marvel Digital stuff. And uh, let's see. The the lead story is going to have a Spider-Girl story, and the second story is an MC2 backup. And a one-page little Benji story. So, again, yeah, Zach, I'll start with you since you're a big Spider-Girl lover. Uh, you know, this this stuff is... Uh, I, You know, the funny thing about this one, about this particular relaunch, yeah. no one demanded it. <laughs> yeah. The, the Spider-Girl message board was like, oh, really? We're getting another... Exactly. You know, there, it was like... <laughs> you know, nobody expected this. I mean, I we all I know that if you were reading bleedingcool.com, Rich Johnson's website, um, you actually heard about the um, about the possible relaunch before it actually happened. But I mean, most of us kind of dismissed it a little bit. I uh, I think she needs to be in her own title. But I, I honestly, this this really smells sp- spells the end of Web of Spider-Man for me. Uh, I really think it's not going to last past, <laughs> past these next few issues. Well, Web of Spider-Man's selling halfway decent. I mean, it's True, not but the that's worst. That, I mean, yeah, but the, you, you're going to lose. I mean, a good chunk of those people that are that were reading Spectacular for well, Spider-Man. Maybe some of them, but I mean, Spider-Girl never had great sales, and True. Uh, Web has the advantage of tying into Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, I buy Web of Spider-Man every month, and I flip straight through the Spider-Girl story. I don't even read it. Aww. Yeah. Remember the infamous Kevin Cushing, Zach Joyner debate? Cause, yeah, I uh, <laughs> All I remember is yeah, you get your ass a fair chance to there. <laughs> Yeah, insert me getting my ass kicked here. Now, I, I think the answers for the next three are pretty much the same as this Ben Riley book. You guys probably won't be picking it up, right? No. Stella, you know? Um, well, you know, this is fourth time is a charm, and, um... <laughs> okay. Well, no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying fourth time. I'm, I, you, I really hope so, because I think that Tom DeFalco seems like a legitimately nice guy, and I really hope him, uh, wish him the best. So I think that I will pick up issue one um, to, to give Spider-Girl the benefit of the doubt, um, and see what I think about that character, because it seems like from that message he gave you that uh, he's going to make it more accessible to people who have not ever read her. So I think I am going to give her a try yeah. um, to help out other Spider-Girl fans. <clears throat> How about you, JR? I, I think you picked it up years uh, ago. but Yeah, uh, well, I picked up the entire runs of, uh, of Amazing Spider-Girl, and I've got the most of, I think maybe I'm within six issues of having the original 100 issue. Oh, wow. I like spider Yeah, I like Spider-Girl. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I think it's... I like Tom DeFalco's writing. Uh, I like the character. I like. I like. You know. I mean. I have a daughter about the same age now. So, yeah. you know, it, 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 it is something I can relate to. Um, there's a lot of good things about it. Uh, I will probably buy the first issue for shits and giggles. Uh, <laughs> if 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 the subsequent issues are two ninety nine, I might stick with it. Uh, but if it goes, if it becomes a three ninety nine book, probably not. Yeah. Have you been picking up Web Web of Spider Man? 
No, not at all, because yeah. it's mostly not about Spider-Man. Again, yeah. it's a three, there's a three ninety nine price point, and uh, it's it's just basically redoings of origins of his villains, yeah. which it seems like don't they need to be right down in the. It first seems place. like they cram a lot more in that three ninety nine book than the other ones. Do they put more pages? Yeah, it, yeah. I think I think it's a forty page book, yeah. Brad. Um, I mean, it, it to me, I don't feel cheated when I read Web Spider-Man. Yeah, that's just me though. Because I mean, they have they had the three they had three sometimes four features. Mm-hmm. Now, usually the opening feature is pretty good with uh, uh, Ben Lente and Kitson, and the uh, Spider Girls pretty consistently been pretty good. And then you have the uh, really <laughs> sometimes hit or miss. The third feature is fully bad. Now, Kev, you're not picking up, right? Well, I mean, uh, or Spider Girl. Uh, no, I don't plan to. I mean, because you've I've, tried the book a few times, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't appeal to me. I mean, I, I like I like a lot of the plotting uh, from DeFalco, but the writing style just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, another thing in the news, it looks like uh, we're going to talk Superman. Are you ready, Bailey? You get to go first uh, on this yeah. one. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, recently, uh, as of February 23rd, Action Comics uh, sold at an auction for $1 million, which is the highest price a comic book's ever been uh, bought for. Also in that same auction, Amazing Fantasy number 15, which is Spider-Man's first appearance, sold for $227,000. So, Mr. Bailey, what do you think of Superman going for a mill? Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. This was only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like back when I was 13 or so, right around the 50th anniversary, you know, that was going for like almost 32000 So, it, it wouldn't surprise me that the book was, was going up in value. Uh, about a week or so later, Detective 27, yeah. which is the first appearance of Batman, went for slightly higher. But <laughs> somebody... Take a shot. <laughs> um, but, uh, but somebody worked it out that the, the Action Comics annual auction... Mm-hmm. Was a straight up auction like the the over one million the one million dollars was like a total one million dollars whereas the detective was through an auction house so after fees and everything the person selling it did not get that full amount so nice. I, I I still like to think that Superman's on that <laughs> well Stella <laughs> Stella has some different information Stella what what did you find about the Batman issue um well no it just um it concurs with uh, what uh, Michael just said uh, that uh, it sold for a record-setting one million seventy-five thousand five hundred dollars. The Detective Comics number twenty-seven. So Batman sold more than Superman. Yes. Right, but, but uh, Michael was saying how in the end um, that probably it equals out. I guess the overall question is, who can get away with buying this for a mill? Are they married, Jr.? Well, <laughs> if they are, they're probably rich enough that they've already got three ex-wives. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, you you got to be a multimillionaire just to drop this on a on a book. I mean, I I would even if I was a billionaire, I'd be like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Now, the, the thing is, the, what is that? Uh, there's a I, this line isn't original original to me, but I cannot remember the movie it comes from. The rich. Are certain are different because they can be, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, you know, people who buy million dollar comic books are the same people who buy uh, who buy boats, who buy islands, who buy yeah. houses they don't need. You know, and you know, and then they're like Nicolas Cage, you know, and they wind up and they're completely broke and have no money because they've spent <laughs> foolishly. Yeah. So 
you know, yeah. it's it's say you know these people whoever is this operates in a different stratosphere than I do. So. Right. Well, and another another category of people that would buy this would be lottery winners. You know what I'm saying? So if somebody won like if somebody won a Powerball right. lottery, they'd be like, oh, whoop, you know, they're gonna buy these worthless things that really. Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! You got you got to define worthless there. Well, <laughs> how about no, not no. worth one million dollars? Not worth one one million dollars. No, I would argue that because it depends on why you buy comics. True. Comics value monetarily breaks down to either what the market will bear or how much somebody is willing to pay for something. Yeah. eBay is a great example of that. You know, it's not what it's worth, it's what somebody is willing to pay for it, which is why sometimes you can get a really good on deal on eBay because no one is looking for that item at the same time that you are, so you get it for like two bucks. Mm-hmm. If I had insane $500 million Powerball money, would I yeah. buy this? I'd think about it, yeah. just because it would be worth it to me as a fan of Superman to have it. On the other hand, I think this sort of thing is a responsibility. <laughs> you know, you own something like this, that, that that that's not just a comic that you can just crack open and read. I would. Yeah. Because that, that's just the type of person I You'd am. You'd have to wear a, a but, body condom, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd like to get one of those hazmat. Exactly, things. I know. And and not only that, I would put it in one of those boxes where, where, like, Doc Ock's working on radiation <laughs> and having, like, the... Uh, Having like the arms open the pages and all that. I mean, so. But I would argue that it's worthless. You you argue that the bur- uh, book is worthless? No, I would you argue against not, uh, against it being worthless. Oh, well, I, got, uh, that, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't saying. You know, I was talking about people that buy like a gold plated bicycle. That's that's what I was <laughs> or thinking a about. Gold plated so from the Beyonder. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, if it comes from the Beyonder, you might be worth yeah. something. Just show the guy where to pee. Uh, Kev, <laughs> Kev, what do you think of this, buddy? I just don't care. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I would argue that uh, objectively, subjectively, whatever, there is no way in holy hell that some, you know, maybe around 32-ish pages of four-color printing are, are just not worth a million dollars. Just not. Yeah. But you know, it's if the guy's willing to spend whatever the hell he wants to do, it, it doesn't affect. Now, me. is two twenty seven better for uh, Amazing Fantasy, or is that still? Uh, I still wouldn't pay it, but it's you know, if you're looking at the actual math, yeah, it's better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, uh, we're moving on to the reviews. Amazing six twenty to six twenty two. Uh, we're starting off with the Dan Slot written issue. Uh, also, Marcos Martin is on art, and it wraps up. The Mysterio arc. So, ladies first. Stella, what do you think of Smoke and Mirrors Part 3? Um, well, for all of her short ski, uh, scenes, um, I really like Captain Watanabe, uh, and I hope that she is a frequent character. Um, I think there were some really great moments for the art, my favorite being the one uh, that's all in red, sort of a splash page, or I have a splash, uh, with Spidey moving about uh, in the devil's breath. My con is I think that the issue made Mr. Negative seem dumb, and he doesn't seem like he should be a dumb character, in my opinion. I, I think that he probably would have recognized that killing Silvermane was way too easy and that it probably really wasn't him. Um, but overall, I thought it was a pretty decent issue, maybe one of the better ones of this little story arc. Okay. So I give it a B plus. Cool. Zach, what do you think, sir? Um, I'm going to give this a solid 
B. I, I thought this was one of Slot's stronger uh, finishes because usually he starts off well and and, and 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 it pretty much fails miserably. I like the fact that we got Quentin Beck as Mysterio back. I do like that, but I just I wish we kind of would have gotten more of why he's back, mm-hmm. other than the fact, well, he's Mysterio. Um, that's too vague. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, when you had somebody that blew his head off yeah. <laughs> in front of Daredevil and then came back in like this demon-infested, uh, you know, uh, had your head blown off thing, you know, where he talks about, references possibly being friends with Mephisto, that to me... Uh, it literally is magic, bit. isn't it? Yeah, it's magic. <laughs> I don't have to explain it. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, what's your grade, sir? <laughs> oh, my gosh. My, uh, my grade's going to be, like I say, it's a, it's a okay, B. gotcha. Kevin? I really didn't care for this issue at all. Um, I my biggest con, uh, I think, was Carly. I didn't like the just uh, incredible swerve in her character uh, and the way she dealt with her father being back. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for a pro, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm grasping it. It's like trying to grasp water here. Not, it's all slipping through my fingers. Um, but I will say a big quibble I had here, or, or question, or, or, or more of a WTF moment was, did you notice that the two guys on the boat that uh, Quentin Beck was working with, he called Daniel and Francis, which were the names of the other two Mysterios? Oh, I didn't notice that. Were that was that supposed to be Daniel Burkhart and Francis Clum? Because uh, it didn't appear to be at all. And I really, <laughs> did he just coincidentally hire two thugs named that? I mean, what the hell are we supposed to think? Um so that actually might be my biggest my biggest con. WTF? Yeah. Well, um, hey, hey, Kevin, you, you could ask a lot on the boards. Uh, yeah, I could if he if he ever came around here anymore. Um, and I'm not a Zeta, so I'm not allowed. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'd give this one. I mean, the art was pretty good. Uh, Marcos Martin did a did a fine job with that. I'd give this one a C minus. Okay. Jr. What do you think, sir? Well. Um, I, I liked it, uh, you know. I mean, it's not the greatest, obviously, but I, I liked it. Uh, the thing I liked most was I enjoyed Mysterio's sense of humor. Uh, he kind of had an off-center sense of humor, and you know, a lot of most of Spider-Man's villains are pretty dour, unhappy people, and uh, they're not very funny, and they don't have much of a sense of humor, and frankly, they're not very intelligent either. Uh, whereas Quentin Beck is Quentin Beck is a pretty smart and uh, funny guy, and uh, and I also like the uh, the way he kept Spider-Man off base, uh, even you know even though he can't match Spidey obviously muscle for muscle, he has to use gimmicks and fraud and tricks to keep him off balance, and he does that quite well, uh, which is really kind of all the things I, I like about Mysterio, and uh, while I would I would agree that you know in most cases I would like to know how a character comes back. But Mysterio's resurrection, to me, kind of falls in the line with Doc Ox. I thought being resurrected by mystical ninjas is about as as lame as you can get. But I didn't care because Doc Ock was back, and it was stupid to kill him off anyway. And it was absolutely stupid for Kevin to allow Kevin Smith to kill Mysterio. And so it's it's one of those things where I stop being a continuity fanboy whore and just say, fine, I don't care how he's back, just as long as that piece of crap is undone. Uh, yeah. Uh, my my you know so I give it a solid B. My dislikes, uh, which kind of cover both 620 and 621, the uh, the whole thing with Carly and her father. 
really, really fell flat. Um, but maybe I might touch on it a little bit more in 621, but because that's where it concludes. But it just it just didn't work for me. So, um, but overall, I give the issue a solid B. Zach, um, you know, I, I think you already went to me on this. Did one. I really? Are we on the next issue? Yes, you oh, did. I'm sorry, <laughs> Bailey. Go ahead. I was like, uh, yeah. Wait, wait. What? I'm, I'm all confused. I thought I went. Are we still on 620? Yes, sir. Then yes, okay. Zach gave it a B. I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, now you're starting to sound like I, me I on give, my podcast. I give the host an F. Uh, Mr. Bailey. <laughs> I'd F the host. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, 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 oh. We were just talking about that, that bar you went to, sir. Yep. Stop that. <laughs> it's, it's okay. There ain't no shame in it. Um, <laughs> I... I didn't really care for this story overall, and I and I think the last part, while not my least favorite, really didn't do anything to kind of swing my opinion of it. I, I don't have the connection to Mysterio like I do to other Spider-Man villains, so his return really didn't do a whole lot for me. But uh, my biggest con is I felt like this story was kind of a mess overall, and and this issue really didn't do anything to resolve that. You know, it, it was all over the place. The t- there were too many twists and turns. You know, usually when you if you have like a dramatic revelation every three pages, like they did in the in the second part of this, it kind of ruins the overall story because you've uh, blown your wad three times <laughs> there. Uh, and I mean, that in a gun, and I mean that I mean that in a gun sense. No, you don't. By the way. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to keep it family friendly. You're gross. You're gross. <laughs> <laughs> Every guy would think that outside yeah. of you know. So what's your grade, buddy? Anyways, um, well, my, my my pro was I really liked the art. Yeah. I, I really dug the art. My my grade's a C, solid C. Yeah. Not terrible, but not like anything I want to write home True. about. Uh, I'll give this a B minus out of me. Uh, again, the art, like everybody said, is just amazing. I love the uh, like page three or four where he's his phone is ringing and he's jumping over the panels and then he's flying down the panels and then a few pages in, all the pages are red and he's fighting Mysterio in the mist. I just think that's outstanding artwork. Uh, I also I think slot does good Spider-Man dialogue. I, I like the line where Mysterio says, Yes, should have told you all this time I was really your cousin. What the? Psych! <laughs> ha ha ha. And Spider-Man's lent, bent, bent over saying, Son of a biscuit. Anyway, I think that's kind of uh, Bugs Bunny-ish, but I think it's kind of perfect for Spider-Man. Uh, that's my pros. The cons, I don't give a crap about Carly or Mr. Negative. And I also don't appreciate where it says, see Mr. Negative 1 to 3 for more of this story. No. Yes. No, no, no. We should see it Dumb. in the damn main's title if we're buying three issues a month. Get, Hell to the yeah. <laughs> get rid of the damn filler shit and give us some content. I mean, we, I, I don't, or, or just, just have that be a story arc that instead exactly. of being a miniseries, put it as in a story arc as Amazing Spider-Man. That gives you, hey, more, bu- more, more buffer time. Five forty-five. Oh, wow. We find three issues of Amazing Spider-Man over the past year that we could have done exactly five forty-five to six twenty is the amount of time they had to tell a Mr. Negative origin story, and they did it in an off three-issue miniseries that you had to pay <laughs> four times three, twelve dollars for. No, it was it was three ninety nine a piece. Oh, four 
Well, when there are three issues? Oh, no, three issues, so that's what you're talking about. Right. Sorry. No problem. I'm, <laughs> I'm a stiff we're all bad at math. <laughs> but anyway. Yep, that, that's why I work at a bank, that sir. Have... <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyway, that just really just ticked. Again, more things I wouldn't say out loud on the podcast. <laughs> well, I've never said the name of the bank I work at. <laughs> all right, B minus out of me. We're going to 621. Mr. Slot wrote this one also. Michael Lark did the pencils, and the black cat makes an appearance. Uh, JR, we'll start off with you, sir. All right. I did not like this one at all. Uh, getting back to, in fact, this, this is going to tie off on uh, what you were just saying about, you know, uh, time, you know, too much time is being spent, I guess, not getting to the, the crux of things. I liked Mr. Negative when he started out, or yeah. really did. But I'm tired of him now because he doesn't do anything. He just, he just, you know, he walks around. He makes these arcane statements and he mutters about, you know, his diabolical plans and against the mob and against Spider-Man and stuff. And he makes Dark Aunt May. And yeah, but where are we going with it? You know, and and also where are we going? I mean, I thought they were going somewhere with the fact that this guy, in his civilian identity, you know, was this 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 great philanthropist. And but he's also this super villain, and I thought, well, maybe this is kind of like a dark Batman type thing. You know, maybe is there is there a genuine conflict between these two personalities? Uh, you know, is there something there, or is the feast just a front because he's really a bad guy and he doesn't want the world to know he's really a bad guy? So I'm really disappointed because I thought Negative had a lot of things going for him as a character that had some potential depth. So I'm disappointed that apparently we're not getting that. We're just not getting any resolution. It's going on and on and on. You know, Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man kicked Mister Negative's butt, and let's move on to something else. Um, I, I said I liked. Uh, I said I liked Dark Aunt May when she started because I thought it was great that she told Peter, uh, you know, basically that he was that he was a lazy lazy bum. But that, I, I, as I said earlier, that thing's got a very limited shelf life, yep. and it's past its shelf life. Resolve it. Resolve it now. Yep. Uh, I don't like the Harry and MJ. Spider-Man three read you know cooking. Let's see, is that one in here? Or am I confusing that with the next? No, one? no they're, they're right. cooking in the okay. kitchen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man three Redux. Don't care for that. Yeah. Uh, and I was very disappointed with the resolution of Carly and her father because, it, it to be honest, and I know this makes me seem dumb, you know, and, and obtuse, but I'm still not really sure whether or not that was her father. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it was supposed to be because he was afraid the devil's breath would really impact him, but. You know, I, I guess I'm still, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's where Mysterio's concerned. And like Carly says, I don't know if you're my dad or not. Really, this didn't answer that for me. So, um, I have pretty lackluster issue all around, C-. minus. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Bailey? Uh, I, I was shocked. My pro is I, I actually liked the black cat scenes. Yeah. And no one is more surprised by that than I am, because I have just pretty much hated every interaction these two characters have had since they brought her back to the uh, to the Spider Verse. My con, is, there's two. The Jr. beat me to it. I, I freaking hated the Spider-Man three retread and them getting together. I, I hate the entire concept of them getting together because. It's it's done for no other reason than to get us talking on the internet. <laughs> There's really no story reason to it. Also, I hated Negative Aunt May because I don't I didn't like Aunt May much before, 
and JMS really made me like that character, and everything they've done to her post or uh, post Brand New Day has just annoyed me more and more. And this is kind of like the straw that snapped the camel's spine. Yeah, it it, it just. And, and the fact that, and I know I'm skipping ahead here, that it keeps going on and on, and we're basically saying, seeing the same scene over and over again really doesn't endear the concept to me. Uh, but I will give it a B-, minus. I will, yeah. because I did like the issue. Stella, what do you think? Um, well, you know, I guess going against what JR said, I actually sort of liked that scene um, with Carly uh, using the devil's breath, you know, I just thought it made her a smart character, and it just sort of goes towards what I'm saying, where I think Carly is probably one of the the better of the newer um, minor characters that were introduced um, past, post, uh, what is this, B&D? Are we still in B&D? I don't even know. I think we're, I um, who, who knows? <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, the con, probably, um... Oh, my problem was with Mary Jane. Uh, you know, number one, I don't think that she'd be roommates with Harry. Um, I don't think that seems likely. And number two, um, once again, you know, the writers have her saying something that implies stuff that probably couldn't be true. Um, when she's saying that, oh, it must be Peter because he's coming in to get a change of clothing. But it sort of implies that he's already been there to get a change of clothing post um, one more day. And so I just didn't think that really lined up with anything that we... Um, of the little that we know. Um, so I think that was my major right. problem. Uh, I would give it a B overall. Kev? Um, the pro for this issue is easy. Michael Lark's art is gorgeous. Yep. Uh, I would love to have Michael Lark as the ongoing artist on a Spider-Man book uh, or any book. I mean, his run on Daredevil was great, and this was absolutely up to par with that. Uh, fan-damn-tastic. Uh, the cons were many. Uh, many, many, many. Um Mostly what people have already said. Except I did not like the black cat scenes. Um, uh, uh, she's She may as well just walk around the whole time saying, I'm horny, I'm horny, I'm horny, I'm horny! <laughs> um, she gets him up into the little whatever that is, air vents or whatever, and like, oh, I got you up here so we could have some sex! <laughs> Um, it's just, I don't know. Black Cat walking around as the horniest character on two feet is just old, it's awkward, and it, it, it smacks of just not realistic at all. Um, and I hate everything about it. And that she just kind of dumped Peter in the room with a bunch of people to fight without telling him anything first. Well, okay, that's great characterization. Um, sarcasm, folks. That's called sarcasm. <laughs> And yeah, there were, and actually I just realized when you guys were talking that what I was talking about last issue with, uh, the way Carly dealt with her father was actually in this issue, so we'll count that as a con here too. Uh, (laughs) overall I would give this, uh, you know, Michael Lark's art brings it up a notch. I'm gonna give it just a solid C. Uh, I'm gonna give it a similar grade of a C, but, uh, my, my Uh. pro is, did I skip you, Zach? My God! Oh, you already went to you twice for the last one. You've had your turn. <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. Pay well, attention, Joiner. <laughs> um, the fact that uh, uh, my question is, my question is, it, 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 you know, when did when did Black Cat just become about just sex? She's always been about flirtation. No, flirtation is. It's, uh, Go ahead, Bailey. Somebody. 
she has been about flirtation, but at least she had a uh, more of a personality to go along with it than what she has presented here. We've got we've really not gotten any internal monologues with her, yeah. you know, showing what she thinks. Whereas during the Mantlo run and the Spec run, you, you got I think you got a little more of that. And she used to have more to say than I'm horny, I'm horny, I'm horny, I'm horny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't exactly. mean to interrupt you, Zach. No, I'm I'll... sorry. Go ahead. What's your two cents, Zach? No, no, I said no, no, uh, oh, you didn't mean to. Uh, no, you know, um, my pro was uh, the artwork. Yeah. My con was Black Cat, and it doesn't get any better next issue. But <laughs> I mean, I, I read, I just went through and read the uh, Black Cat miniseries by Kevin Smith. Yeah. And she was more in character in that miniseries than she has been since she's come back. And she wasn't in character in that miniseries. So that's exactly. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what's so, your grade, buddy? Uh, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this a C. I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to agree with Kevin. Take a shot. All right. I'm, I'm also a C, but I'm totally opposite of why I'm giving it a C. I like the black cat characterization. She's all about flirtation. I thought the scene up in the air vent was very cute. And I think it's very much in her character to kiss him and then throw him in the fire to go fight some bad guys. I think that's very much Felicia Hardy. Uh, Khan, I could give two craps about Mr. Negative. Again, uh, quote from Spider-Man, you can, uh, you can use it on people the way you brought out my negative side, asterisk. See Mr. Negative one to three, Steve. Uh, hate that shit. Uh, <laughs> Steve, I will shank you for that crap. Oh. Hate that. Um, uh, the Harry, um, uh, MJ thing, I could see why they're doing it for dramatic tension, but you know, no one wants to see that. I know it puts our characters... My, my other question, and I'm going to pose this to Stella. Do you walk around naked when it's late at night? <laughs> <laughs> and this I is actually a totally did, question, actually. Jack I did <laughs> actually wonder about that. <laughs> I don't even hear what Kevin said. What did Kevin say? <laughs> That's totally unrelated questions. I just want to. All right, know. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> oh no, no, no! Because because when she's walking around like practically naked, I'm going, "What the hell?" I'm reading this book. That was my that was my one question I was wanting to ask. Um, well, you know, my problem with it was mainly because um, the entire facade of that building seems to be uh, glass. So uh, I wonder. Yeah, so that's sort of a problem. But um, no, I did notice that. I guess it just comes down to what you decide to sleep in. Um, I guess she sleeps in the buff. I don't know. But she was putting on a robe. At least she didn't answer the door like that. You said, Tiger, you hit. <laughs> uh, we're moving on to 622. And I will start with Kevin on this because he's our biggest Morbius fan. How long has it been since Morbius has been an Amazing? Since he's been an Amazing, uh, I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe it was Maximum Carnage. Yeah. Um, I know he definitely hasn't been in Amazing since then, uh, and I know Morbius was in Maximum Carnage. I can't swear that he appeared in an issue of Amazing, but I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. Um, before that, it was his first appearance. Yeah. Uh, I don't know he, why. Uh, he he right after yeah, he his went first into and he was in some web. Uh, and his last his last appearance in the Spider-Man book was Spectacular number fourteen right. by Paul Jenkins. Right. Um, this one's. This, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, this was not a good return. <laughs> <laughs> we have Mr. Uh, Van Linty and Mr. Uh, Joe Canonis. Joe Canonis. There you go. What, what's your two cents on this one, buddy? Uh, I have a lot of cents, okay. um, but I'll, I'll I'll keep this brief. <laughs> if if uh, I wrote the uh, guest review on the main page, uh, Mike Bailey and, and Brad were kind enough to let me guest review this issue. So if you want long thoughts from me, read that. But uh, two cents wise, this was crap. 
Um, and even as a Morbius yeah. fan and as uh, kind of offensive as <laughs> half that stuff was, the worst part was still page one with Black Cat <laughs> and Spider-Man and their uh, A, kinky mask sex, and B, uh, Black Cat is so out of character, she sold Spider-Man's blood. Come the hell on. Mm-hmm. Um, worse, no, not worse, still bad, uh, was... If anybody's not familiar with who Martine Bancroft is, uh, Martine, the, the vampire woman that was in this issue, uh, Martine is not a vampire. She uh, she used to be Morbius's fiance. She was still a love interest through Morbius the Living Vampire, uh, where she died. She was brought back by the Darkhold, uh, sort of undead and emotionally cold. She could not feel anything. She was not a vampire. Uh, so this was just out of left field and just absolutely no attention to continuity whatsoever. And they killed her. Morbius, yeah, and they killed her. It was, they brought her back yeah. for apparently no reason to kill her, and to do that, they did it completely out of character. Although, that leaves it open for, you know, if somebody like, say, me, gets to write something in the future, yeah. it's really easy to say that wasn't her, because it wasn't her! <laughs> um, and Morbius was in here basically as a footnote. So uh, there, there was very little Morbius in what there was. It was like, oh, I'm sad. So what's your grade for this first half? F. Okay. <laughs> Big, fat, honking F. In your face, F. And also the second half of the book, because we paid four bucks for this thing. Greg Weissman did a Flash Thompson story with Luke Ross, and you love this one. That one was an A+. Plus. Um, Greg Weissman, I hope he writes more Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, or, you know, give him a Spider-Man miniseries, get him in web, just get the guy writing some more comics. If we, Especially if we can't have the cartoon, we need some Greg Wiseman writing. And Luke Ross does some fantastic art. Uh, even though there were a few coloring mistakes um, that have been pointed out, I thought the coloring on his art uh, was fantastic. This whole, this whole story was great, uh, great Flash material, uh, just good... Human drama, great stuff, would be great in any comic. Uh, this is exactly the kind of stuff I like to see. This was an absolute... And favorite. Luke Ross has really grown from his spec stuff back in the 90s, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm he, not a huge fan of that stuff, neither. but I think really since he got on... Uh, he was uh, Ron Mars's art partner for the last six issues of Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern run, and that's about the time that he... I think adopted this, uh, I guess, more realistic style. And ever since then, I think he's just been rocking and better and better. Yeah. JR, what's your two cents on this book? You paid four bucks for it. Oh, well, I, I thought this was truly awful. <laughs> um, I, you know, in fact, when I read the Morbius story, one of the very first things I thought was, oh, God, what did Kev think Me of too. this? Me too. <laughs> Because if Norman, for example, had been gone a while and showed up in something like this, I mean, I, I would have been beside myself. Uh, because, uh, well, one, it was a bad story. Uh, it just, and I'm very confused about Morbius anyway, because is Morbius a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Is he a conflicted bad slash? I mean, I don't know. So I really kind of felt lost on, in this story because I didn't know how to feel about Morbius. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he's not the Max Shrek type Morbius that we saw back in Paul Jenkins' uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, which Kev loves so much. So, <laughs> and, 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 and I, I really hated Peter doing the goth makeup thing because yeah. I can't just, I can't, and the whole thing with Felicia selling Spider-Man's blood. I mean, you know, I know that Felicia is about flirting. Felicia is about sex. Felicia is very flamboyant. 
And she's very morally ambiguous. Yep. Felicia will do a lot of things for money. But one thing I don't think Felicia will do is harm Spider-Man. I don't think she would do that. And this almost acts like she doesn't. I mean, this is stuff that was used, that was designed to kill him. And basically, she's selling his blood in the market to give somebody else the opportunity to do so, theoretically. Um, very, very, very poor characterization. And as far as the art, I have to ask. I mean, Kevin, does Morbius always have a pig nose? <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, Morbius not. is one of the most varied characters when it comes to art. It seems every artist has their own different interpretation of Morbius. And sometimes he has the pig nose, sometimes he has a normal human nose. So that's not a quibble with this guy's art. That's actually consistent with some of the stuff that's come before. It's just that he does vary so much. Okay. Uh, and as far as the Flash Thompson story, the art was absolutely, I really like the art, and I'm not much of an art guy, although I have to wonder why Flash looks like Forrest Gump in a few panels. Uh, yeah. Turn it down. Here, here. Here, here's my negative, okay? And it's, 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 and actually, I've actually been writing on some of my, uh, uh you know, eventually articles that hopefully will one day see light on the Flash Thompson, uh, Iraq War story. Greg Wiseman writes a very good story here. I won't quibble with that one ever. I'd like to see more Greg Wiseman. Here's the problem. I hate stories that are telling me how to feel emotionally. And I feel this is very manipulative. I am, you know, Flash has gone through this terrible trauma, and I'm supposed to go at the end of the story, and I'm supposed to have this great emotional uplift because Flash is dealing with his problem, and I just feel manipulated. I just feel that that was kind of, you know, that was kind of the intent of the story. I, I don't know. I can't really articulate it, but I just hate being told that I'm supposed to feel a particular emotion, and this one just kind of left me cold. Uh, but I would like to see more Greg Weisman writing, and I would like to see more Luke Ross art. Yeah. Uh, Stella, what's your two cents? Oh, you know, I think it was pretty fil uh, fitting that I read this issue after having woken up at 4 a.m. by my roommates above me having sex. <laughs> so, oh. um, yeah, it really, really worked out, I think. Are they um, wearing masks? <laughs> I, I don't know how I'd be able to tell that, Brad, when they're above me, not, you know, in the same room okay. as me. Um, <laughs> what about your webcam? Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. Go on. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, okay, well, the first one, you know, the con is you cannot possibly think you can quote Twilight and no one will notice, which was the heroin quote that you were like heroin for me. So that was kind of interesting. Um, you know, I actually really felt for Kevin when I was reading at 4 in the morning. Um, you know, Babs suddenly came back after a long absence <laughs> Books. Whoa, you okay there? Um, I'm used to Batman books. Okay, and it was a story. I'd be pretty uh, PO'd. Um, I thought it was a terrible entrance for Morbius and terrible art, in my opinion. I'd give it an F. I don't really have any pros for this. Um, on the other side, the Flash story, I also give it an A plus. Once again, a great story. Um, it had a lot of emotion, and even bringing Shishan back into the picture, which is sort of funny. Um, the only con I think I would give it is that the editing was sort of lacking on this issue. I actually found two pretty obvious mistakes, so I was wondering what was going on there. But um, was, I guess what were the mistakes? What mistakes? Um, there were two grammatical mistakes. I didn't mark them down in my little con, but there were two. So, hmm. but yeah, a plus on the Flash and an F on the Morbius. Wow. Hey, Mr. Bailey, what do you think, buddy? I'm going to give the, the Morbius story an F, too. It just, 
It was predictable. It was poorly written. It's probably one of the worst of the Spider-Man stories outside of Michelle punching Peter in the face. I, 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 I thought the artwork was terrible. You know, you, you could have given Morbius something of an update. Yeah. You know, I liked his outfit from his solo series from 1992. I thought that was awesome. They actually you know? gave him an updated outfit in the not-too-long-ago uh, Morbius the Living Vampire Legion of Monsters one-shot that was great, but uh, sadly they went back to this old 70s costume. Who wrote that? Was that Van Linting? No, that one was uh, Brendan Cahill. Okay. I don't think I've heard of him since, but he did an excellent issue. It was drawn by Michael Guidos in yeah. watercolor, which was just beautiful. But, uh, yeah, Van Lint and his art partner in Marvel Zombies just took him all the way back. Yeah. Go ahead, Bailey. Um, the Flash Thompson story, though, I'd give a solid B+. I, you know, I, there was a certain level of predictability with it, and I'm not as emotionally invested in Flash Thompson uh, my one con for that story would be, yeah, there was no pro, there was no pros for the Morbius story at all. <laughs> yeah, just, I realized I didn't give one, and then I, and then I realized, hey, there isn't one. Um, my only con would be the puny Parker thing. Like, okay, guy, you're, you're you've, you've gone through a near death experience. You're on your way to, to walking again. Don't you think you can stop being the idiot bully, <laughs> just like for thirty seconds? Yeah. Maybe that's just me, though. So I'd give that a solid B+. Plus. Okay. Uh, uh, can, I inter- can I interject yeah, something no, here? No. Um, just real quick. Um, I-, I wanted to... Michael said something that I just wanted to comment on about Flash time going through a near-death experience, so why is he still got to be the idiot bully? That- that's kind of my... Part of my objection is because why shouldn't Flash still be the semi-literate bully? J- but, you know, is... I mean, just because he has no legs now, he's going to go undergo this great personality change. He's going to be this, you know, instead of this somewhat dim-witted but basically good-natured, obnoxious fellow, now all of a sudden because he's gone through this, he's going to be this noble, long-suffering, tragic character. I mean, why can't, I mean, this is going to sound crass, but why can't we still have an obnoxious cripple? Yeah. I mean, I, I that, that so, uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to belabor it too much, but I just wanted to make that. And I, does Flash know that Parker was the chameleon when he was insulting him so much? Does do we know that? No, I, he I don't think so. I mean, I that's so. probably one reason why Flash should be a jerk. I would think. If, if yeah, they seem to gloss over that for this yeah. issue. Uh, my two cents: an F on the Morbius story. I, I'm like everyone. I was like, poor Kevin. Wow. Poor Kevin. Real. I don't <laughs> give Fs very often, do I? No. But you know what? No, but when it's worth it, you bring them out. But here, this is why it gets an F. We have mask sex on page two. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have a problem with the flirtations. It's when they wake up in bed together with their masks on. Who does that? That's some freaky shit. Uh, and then you put Spider-Man with some goth makeup, and he looks like um, a character from Dark Horse. What is that character's name? Mike Allerud. Room. Madman? Oh. Madman? Yeah, he looks exactly like it. Madman from Dark I don't even <laughs> freaking read Dark Horse. Uh, just. Uh, by the way, Brad, <clears throat> you forgot me again. Son of a bitch. Alright, let me get through mine. I apologize. Uh, let's see. Why do I always have to go last, by the way? Save the best for oh, last. Well, there you go. Thank you. Uh, it, it seems like a one-shot that should be in a Web of Spider-Man issue. It does. This is the stuff that Mr. Negative's origin could take place in. 
in my opinion. This is like filler shit that they've said, oh, yeah, we're running a little late. Let's throw in this Morbius uh, story we've got back on the can. And it seems like it's always Fred Valente that writes these filler stories. And I'm with uh, Kev about the Martine. I mean, that's his his love. It's been – was it Morbius number one or was it even farther back that she was introduced? Oh, it was it was farther back than that. She was killed in Morbius number one again. <laughs> She's like Aunt May. No, that for the, the first time. Uh, F out of that. A on the Flash Thompson. The art was incredible. I love the the backwards stages of de- of what is it? Denial or the backwards? What do they call it? Grief. Grief. Stages of grief. Stages of grief. I thought that was just awesome, and I liked the little twist how stage zero is grace. I just thought that was really. Well written. Mr. Wiseman should be a regular on the book. But again, this this reiterates a problem that the book has in the consistency factor. In years past, we would have a good 20, 30 issue run from some creators. This one is so damn choppy. We've had I've had this complaint for years with the the three times a month. It's we have a good momentum going and then we chop and then we stop and we have mass sex. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand that. I mean, I understand why they want to get three issues out to sell the damn book uh, at a consistent level, but it, I think the reader is taking a bit of a punch, or the longtime reader. Do you agree, Jr.? Or what? I mean, we've we've had this complaint: the choppiness, the flow. Well, I, you know. It's not so much that it is choppy, to be honest, because I really do like the fact that ASM comes out three times a month. I mean, I, I do like that. I, I, I mean, I like every week being able to go to the comic store and pick up Amazing Spider-Man. It's just, I don't mind choppy as long as it was good, mm-hmm. but the thing is, we're seeing just some bad storytelling. And uh, it, it's not so much that it's up and down, but it's up and down. I mean, peaks and valleys. Yes. I mean, stuff that's, I mean, it's, the stuff that's awful is just awful. Mm-hmm. And I think even more so than the storytelling, the art is just, I mean, we are really getting some wide swings here. I mean, some of this stuff you can't stand to look at. Um, it's a very inconsistent title. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to get into the whole uh, whacker leaving the board type thing. But, uh, no, it's a very inconsistent title. And uh, it deserves the fledgling sales levels that it's achieving right now. And the best for last, Zach. Oh. Hey, I'm nice to you for one show out of a hundred. <laughs> I know, right? This is the first time it's ever yeah, happened. You got no, it. Um, I, you know, I, the, the very first story just sucked ass. And I'll, I'll pull out an old favorite. It sucked prison ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, my God. I, I, I was reading this book, and I, I was like, there's been a couple of times throughout this, this whole run that I felt like I wanted my money back. Mm-hmm. That first story made me want to get my money back. Yeah. Um, so the first story, uh, the masked sex is just a, an abomination of everything that that could possibly be good about the black cat relationship. And I love the fact that Brad made fun of it with the all ages board. <laughs> all Let me ages. Look at what the rating is on that front? Uh, where do they put the damn ratings? Oh, whatever. Um, Anyway, hey, that's, that's I already looked it up when I did the review. It's it's all it's ages. All ages. That yeah. is not all ages. That's not all ages. Yeah. Well, you don't see you don't yeah. see Winnie the Pooh smoking a cigarette in bed with Tigger. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's <laughs> all ages. That would be hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, no, no. Pooh would be in Tigger with Pink. 
Oh, <laughs> sounds like a good slash pick. Oh, man. Oh, no. oh, oh, no. <laughs> anyway, um, I just, wow, I, that was just such a horrible story. I didn't even like, I, I was really, uh, I had the same reaction as JR. Kevin's gonna hate this. Oh, there, I think. <laughs> um, but getting to the Wiseman story, number one, loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely loved it. It was, Extremely well structured. The artwork. If you had told me this guy that was drawing the Wiseman story was the same guy that was drawing Spectacular Spider-Man during after the Clone Saga, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. Um, because it, the the two completely different styles. Um, I liked the cartoony aspect of it. I thought it really meshed well with uh, Demetrius's run. But you know what? This this works out even better. I like it. So, really good artwork. Shashan, a uh, tiny. Being brought back, um, Jason uh, from Untold Tales of Spider-Man being brought back. I, I just bringing back all, and apparently they got oh, I can't remember the guy's name, Josh. but uh, Bertoni. Josh, yeah. yeah, Josh, who we haven't seen except for, like he was in, like a couple of floating heads of shame, um, and he was a they big co- they uh, colored activist. him wrong. He's a black guy, and they colored him white. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Wiseman uh, posted under uh, Kevin's review about how they got the coloring wrong, and he was kind of upset about that. But well, it, the guy really, honestly, if if Wiseman was writing this quote unquote new direction, I would I would still I would be enjoying it because he gets the character. This is something that, that a lot of people have been griping about that some some of these guys just don't get the character. Mm-hmm. And I think he gets the supporting cast. He gets well, the you know, character. writing Flash Thompson and writing Peter Parker are two different things. I, I would hope Mr. Wiseman would get Peter Parker right, but the character is very inconsistent since the uh, yeah. brand new day. So, but I, I think a good writer is a good writer, and I think he'd not knock it out of the park, honestly. So, yeah. Uh, what's your grade, buddy? I'm gonna give. Um, I'm gonna give. <laughs> I'm gonna give the first story solid F. Yep. Um, I think F's all around. Though. Have we? F's all yeah. around, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, wow, and I'm going to give it an A plus. Outside of Bailey, we had almost had A, a pluses all around. So, yeah, we actually agreed almost all of us on this issue. But have you noticed the grades are all over the board this month? I mean, they're just incredible. Yeah. And also, a, a question to the group is: Why are we paying four bucks every other month for one issue? Why is that? Because we're trying to. Because they like money. Yeah, Bailey, what were you saying? I, they're testing the water. I agree with Mr. Bailey. Yeah. They're trying to uh, get prep us for the ultimate permanent increase. Well, they they put more content in the four buck book. You think they're going to do that? As long as they no. do that, I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think people are going to have a problem with it. I think people uh, are like, hey, that was disproven over at DC though. Well, maybe sure. that's the... DC has had to restructure their co-feature program now because it didn't do as well. Maybe that's what's happening to the web book. Maybe they're folding it and putting the backup villain stories in Amazing to charge us four bucks. I think that's what's happening. Or maybe they're just going to do two stories in web and make it two ninety nine. although I highly doubt it. Or maybe they're going to put just the two stories in web and keep it three ninety nine so they can get more money. More profits. <laughs> Who knows? And don't Although they I have notice, five and I will, uh, I will give them kudos on this, and I'm not sure why, but last month I got a credit from Mail Order Comics because the price of an Amazing Spider-Man issue had dropped. Mm. Yeah. What were you saying, Stella? Uh, don't we have five ASMs coming out ne- next yeah, month? Yeah, that's going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> all podcasts. Yeah, that's all, all reviews yeah, that's all good. the time. 
All right. Uh, you know what? We uh, Are you ready for it, Zach? I am ready All for right. it. All right. Uh, how long ago did we do this? This was uh, a couple months ago. We, we asked the uh, visitors to the Crawl Space Message Board to vote on the Crawlies. This is an awards. This is in the same line as the Academy Awards, only for geeks. So exactly. let's see. What's our first category, Zach? We're going to announce the winners. The very, the very first category is the best female character. Now the, the nominees are Mary Jane Watson, okay. Mary Jane Watson Parker, Carly Cooper, Betty Brandt, May Mayday Parker, Jessica Joe. And after we received all the votes, the winner is the winner is Mary Jane Watson Parker in overwhelming fashion. How, did she win by a oh. lot? Yeah, she won by a lot. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, literally, uh, I, I pretty much called that one after the first name. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, so Mary Jane Watson Parker from the, the she made appearances in Amazing Spider Girl, Clone Saga, and the and the Spider Man Daily Strike. So this is not the Mary Jane and Amazing currently. No. All right. And do we do you have vote counts on these? By the way, did. Um, that that one was uh, last the, the final count. I think was at seven votes. Okay. Uh, best male character. We've got Peter Parker, Norman Osborn, Chameleon, Ben Riley from the Clone Saga, J. Jonah Jameson, Flash Thompson, or Harry Osborn. The winner for that category. This one was extremely close. I mean, I had to I had to do a, a, a I had to call it as well. And this was extremely hard for me. I I did Peter Parker. Instead, it was between ben, Peter Parker and Ben Riley. And I, I said Peter Parker just because he's the reason we're still up there, we're still reading the books. Yeah. As much as it pained me to do that, I, uh, Peter Parker is the winner, but it was extremely close. And we only had one category for best one shot. I think the list won, right? That was <laughs> the list did win. Okay. Yes, there was a lot of non votes, and I was I was really kind of debating on whether or not uh, whether or not to count the non votes against the list, but uh, the list did did, did win. Uh, yes. Best miniseries. The only one you could vote for was the Clone Saga. Was that was? Did you fix that one or what? That was a fiction. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clone Saga miniseries did win, but but also because that was the only one the people nominated. What about Mister Negative one to three? Evidently, they want us to buy that uh, crap. No, no uh, that was actually <laughs> one of the worst. I think best amazing creative team: Dan Slott and Marcos Martin, Mark Wade and Marcos Martin, Fred Van Delinthe and Barry Kitson, Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Alex Savick from the Spider-Man Daily Strip. Dan Slott and Adam Kubert, or Kevin Cushing. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the best amazing creative team? This was close as well, but it ended up being uh, Fred Van Linte and Barry Kitson uh, for the Communion story, which is kind of funny because we all make fun of that story. You know, but Van Linte's hot and cold, it seems, with the Morbius story. Yeah. Man. Uh, best non-amazing creative teams, uh, Tom DeFalco and Howard Mackey and Todd Nock, Bendis and Quesada, backup feature in 601, J.M. Mateus and Val Semeckis, for Web of Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man Family, or Brian Michael Bendis and Stuart Eminen from Ultimate Spider-Man and New Avengers. The winner? The winner is actually Tom DeValco, nice. Howard Mackey, and, uh, and Todd Knight. This was, this was kind of all over the board. We had a lot of different votes for this one. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, it was, this, was kind of, this was kind of crazy. It was, it was by a very slim margin again. Yep. So some of the, some of these were very slim. The best cover art, six nineteen, that has that uh, bleeding cover from Marcos Martin down on Spider Man's head, six oh one. Which one was that? Uh, that was well, that that was the Mary Jane. Oh yeah, I've got a poster of that one. That one's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> six eleven. What was that one? Is that in the bathroom, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, no. Oh, 6-11 oh, no. is the Deadpool Spider-Man one where Spidey's got all the guns on him. Or Dark Avengers 11, which is, I think, the homage to Todd McFarlane with uh, Norman in the center web. Who yes, won that one? Ed. That would be the Dark Avengers 11. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Diodato. Yeah, that was that was good stuff. Uh, that was beautiful. So, Best yeah. overall artist, Marcos Martin, John Romita Jr., Barry Kitson, Stuart Eminem, or Luke Ross? Stuart Eminem. Wow, really? Yeah. Uh, they have a, we had a lot of, new, apparently, New Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man fans. I didn't see but, that one coming. Uh, yeah. The worst uh, male, Peter Parker, Bobby Carr. <laughs> Bobby Carr. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> there, was a lot of, there was a lot of votes for Peter Parker. Don't get me wrong, but Bobby Carr did win That's this one. Uh, worst female: <laughs> Michelle Gonzalez or Nora Winters. There's no doubt where this one's going. This is Michelle. Yeah. Um, She's coming to your house with a gun right now to smack you. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is the exact same people are in the worst supporting female. And by the way, that was. Won by Nora Winters. So people were voting for Michelle for the worst female overall. Yeah. And worst female <laughs> worst supporting the category were Mae Parker, Jameson, Nora Winters. And, and they, they still Winters. picked, they picked Nora Winters? Or who? Yeah, even though, even though, uh, Matt May's a dead horse. <laughs> That's what Mr. Jameson said. And yeah, worst male supporting J. Jonah Jameson Sr. or Vin Gonzalez? Vin Gonzalez yeah. won this. We hate it. We hate the Gonzalez's, don't we? Uh, yeah. Worst miniseries, Sinister Spider-Man or Anti-Venom: New Ways to Live. Uh, Sinister Spider-Man. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. It was Anti-Venom. It was okay. Anti-Venom. Worst sorry. Amazing Spider-Man creative team: Joe Kelly and Mike McCone for the Black Cat arc. Yep. Oh well, there's no other team. <laughs> so just so we don't look like we're padding the results, people were asked to write in and suggest who the Yes, these were all the nominations yeah. that were that were made, and this was the only nomination that was that was submitted. Same thing with the list. Okay, so. first non uh, amazing creative team: Dan Slott and Adam Kubert for Spider-Man: The List, Brian Reed and Marco Santucci, or Bendis and Diodato. Which was which was hilarious that, that somebody put that in there, and I just I don't understand why. Yeah. But uh, it was Dan Slott and Adam Kubert okay. uh, for. Not, yeah, for the list. Worst yeah. cover, 598. I don't remember what's on that one. That one's the pregnant cover. Oh, God. Uh, 605, what was that one? That would, uh, oh, God. Here. That was the uh, the hearts, the little... Oh, it's Spider Cupid, the heart. Yes. 603 was... I'm Googling, I'm right. searching these as we speak. <laughs> well, that was the, uh, the odd-looking Mary Jane in the red uh, dress. Oh yeah, that was yeah, awful. Eyes cover. were uh, cross-eyed. Five ninety-two Wolverine yeah. cover, which I hate when they do that. By the way, they they put a yeah, that was, I, all I, the cover variants are of a character, and also six oh seven, which I'm trying to think which that one was. Let me look real quick. Ooh, that's one of my favorites, where Black Cat's got the Spider-Man outfit with the pearls in her mouth. Yeah. Okay, who won that category? <laughs> <laughs> that's when that's when we get called pearl clutchers. Oops, pearl collectors. Oops, I'm sorry. Um, anyway, uh, five ninety eight like, actually. Uh, five ninety eight. The pregnant was, cover. Yeah, the pregnant cover won that one. Okay, worst artist: Eric Kent Kennedy or Mr. Back Bacallo. Uh This was a no contest. It was Eric Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I almost picked up that Luke Cage miniseries because I love Luke Cage, but then I saw he was doing art. No offense against the guy; it's just not my taste. 
Uh, General Comics, the best Marvel title. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, we're, we're skipping those. Uh, those actually are, are, we're not going to announce on here. Uh, for the sake of time, we're going to, uh, message I'll post those on the, yeah, I'll post those on the okay. message board. And, uh, we're going to go straight to the message board category. Okay, favorite poster that's not a moderator. We have Mr. Metz, still a nerd, Jeff Gamer, T.S. Champ. Who won? T.S. Champ. Walter. Good job, Walter. Walter. Our good buddy, Walter. Um, uh, the favorite feature that added, that was added to the message board, um, that one was really close, but it ended up being the dailies. Mm. So, because only a couple, yeah. So, okay. Uh, favorite moment: Crazy Chris's review of Dark Avengers Four, Metz's banning, or Sir Spidey gets his ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> this was close between Metz banning and Sir Spidey gets his ass yeah. kicked, but Sir Spidey gets his ass kicked actually took took the cake. It wasn't one of my favorite moments, but uh, well, maybe that part was, <laughs> but the whole damn thing wasn't one of my favorites. Uh, favorite no, thread: no. the Zeta House, the Delta House, Spider-Man crawl space, general discussion, or the hottie thread, woohoo, or ask blank a question. Who the hell's blank? I'm just. Uh, <laughs> it was like ask. It was. I know. Yeah. Go ahead. Who won that one? Uh, that would be the Delta House. It beat the hottie uh, thread? It Come beat on. the hottie thread. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, they beat the hottie thread. Favorite subsection, the comics board, Spider-Man Crawl Space, webcomic, off-comic topic, or TV and movies? That'd be comics. It beat Kevin's That's ass? A- Come on. Yeah, it did be but, but there's it's a, the most a, used forum on it the is. board. Yeah, I was fixing to say. I mean. Favorite administrator. Ooh, are you listening, guys? Kevin Cushing, Spider Girl, Spidey Dude, or Jr. Now th- this is funny because I love you, Jr. But you're not on the board as much as we are. <laughs> I and know. Jr. Uh, and Kevin were tied. Wow. The end of the they were tied. I had a couple of votes. Stella had a couple of votes. But at the end of the day, me and Brad discussed this, and the person that deserves to win it is Kevin Cushing. Congratulations, Kevin. So, so, Kevin, congratulations, Kevin. You, 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 you do a lot more work than me and me and everybody else combined. You can get, <laughs> you can get the card. And, and I have no complaint about that whatsoever. I, <laughs> I, folks, thank you, but I don't deserve it. <laughs> Favorite moderator. I really appreciate that. Thanks. Okay, this was a slaughter. Favorite moderator, um, Bertoni Beetle, George Berriman, or Michael Bailey? Uh, I love you, Bailey, but this was a slaughter. This was this was absolutely positively George Berryman. Um, <laughs> um, I, I th- just I, I gotta I gotta agree with uh, Jr. It's like I I'm on the board, but I I don't do all that much. So yeah. <laughs> uh, Ass hat of the year. My favorite category. Sir Spidey or Dragon Wolf from the Marvel.com boards. Now there's some people that are like, oh, I don't like the uh, whole tone of this this particular award. <laughs> this is a poking fun at a couple of people that were assets last year. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know what? Oh wow! Uh, the asset of the year is Sir Spidey because he hacked our board. He uh, hacked a lot of things like my emails and my AIM account. So congratulations, Sir Spidey. Even though you're probably not listening to this, you're an asset. Go fuck yourself. Uh, favorite front page, <laughs> favorite front page features, reviews, memories, captions, revisions, moments, or the Daily Strip. The Daily Strip one. Wow, it was really close between the Daily Strip and the revisions. Nice. Uh, Crawl Space's ongoing series. The favorite ongoing series is Crawl Space Avengers or Spider-Man Crawl Space, the webcomic. Yes, sir. And the favorite series goes to, as no surprise. 
Kevin Cushing's Spider-Man colon Crawl Space. Congratulations. Congratulations. Favorite writer. Wow, this is splitting brothers. Zach Joyner <laughs> or Kevin Cushing? Kevin Cushing. Wow. Also this one. Favorite Thank artist, you. Gerard Delatour II for Crawl Space Avengers. Enigma 2099 for Crawl Space Avengers. Scooter for Crawl Space or Ted Brandt for Crawl Space. Who won that one? I was surprised by this one, but it was Gerard Delatour II. Wow. Um, I, I I thought it was going to be well. I figured it was going to be between, between the two, between Scooter and, and Gerard, but but uh, Gerard Gerard won it. I was uh, pleasantly shocked. Favorite issue overall: Crawl Space Avengers Four, Spider Man Crawl Space Three, Spider Man Crawl Space Five, or Spider Man Crawl Space Seven. Poor Zach. <laughs> it's three to one on that one. <laughs> I've got well, more issues. That's all it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Spider-Man, Crawl, Spider-Man Crawl Space number five won this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was was that yeah. the origin of uh, Faceless Man or Black Spider? Yeah, if Crawl Space five would have been the the Gabriel flashbacks. Gabriel ones. Okay, got it. Favorite issues of CSA: Crawl Space Avengers one, two, three, four, five. Um, this was surprising. It was almost, it was between five and four and it, and one, and it ended up being four. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know. Like, nobody liked number two. <laughs> Favorite issue of Spider-Man Crawl Space, the webcomics, uh, number four, number five, number six, 2.5, or seven. You know, it was funny because, um, <laughs> this was kind of all over the board. Um... But it ended up being number four. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the overall issue was number five. People like numbers four, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that four so, is just a real draw. Who knows? Yeah. So instead of relaunching at number one, I think I'm going to relaunch at number four. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you to all the board members that voted for the Crawleys. I think we'll make this a yearly tradition. I, I liked it. Yeah, we did this uh, last year, and we had some help from uh, our friendly our friends over the Zeta house, but, uh, um, anyway, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, by the way, we got a, there's one award we did not what talk did we about. miss? The Lifetime oh. Achievement Award. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. Because Brad was like, oh, where's my award? I didn't get checked. Shit, I'm paying pay? the bills. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, and the whole time I had this plan of, uh, the Bra- Brad Douglas would win the Lifetime Achievement Award because number one, you've given us a forum to to voice our opinions. You've given us a site. You've given a, you've given us a podcast. So, sir, we thank, thank you. you. And uh, we'll be, we'll call this one the Douglas Award for the next person who gets the Lifetime Achievement. Wait, thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, keeping with the original content going, we have some pimpage to do, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have a new issue of the Crawl Space webcomic. We also have a new issue of Crawl Space Avengers. So we heard from Zach a little bit. Let's hear from Kevin now. Talk about issue eight is out. And I read it. Amazing stuff, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, well, after years of waiting, uh, or at least what seemed like it, the, the yearly Spider-Man webcomic finally got to issue number eight. Uh, I think... Uh, Spider-Man Black's six-part arc was... Uh, it, I could have gotten Jim Lee to draw it, let's face <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, this uh, this issue has, has gone over really well so far, and I appreciate that. I appreciate how many people have stuck with me after so many months, but uh, it's, it's quite a packed issue. you got a lot going on here. you got the... Uh, 
the final climactic battle between Spider-Man and the Black Spider that's been building for, you know, years. Um, you've got <laughs> <laughs> Harry Osborn meeting Sarah Stacy for the first time in any continuity, uh, which I think everybody will agree is just creepy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you've got some, some Carly and Flash. You've got uh, a bit of Mary Jane in there. You've got the revelation of who this... Uh, black-clad friend of the Black Spider has been. Uh, you can find out who Peter was talking to on the phone way back in number three, and Mary Jane talked to the same person last issue. Uh, it's it's the end of an arc. It's a blowout, and it definitely has a big tease for the next arc at the end of it that I hope will bring people back a lot quicker than uh, <laughs> in several months this time. Can I say spoiler? Yeah. Clone Saga 2. <laughs> <laughs> Or three to Manhattan. There was Secret Wars three and four. Anyway, outstanding work. I really I love it. And you have some great cover artists, and and we have a new cover artist for yes. the book also. Yes, uh, as of number nine, our poster Hambone mm-hmm. uh, is going to be taking over cover art with colors by B Dog, who is who's kind of you know the resident crawl space color maestro. Um, and and if you haven't uh, check out the announcement thread in the Spider-Man Crawl Space forum, I've posted uh, I've reposted the variant cover they did for number seven, which is just beautiful, uh, and also a new character design that Hambone did for the Black Cats, uh, which is also great, and they do a bang up job. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Scott Larson Scooter has done great covers for us, but uh, good for him. He's getting more professional work yeah. right now, so. He's just too busy, and I'm I'm fine with that. I applaud him because we need more uh, work on the stands by Scott Larson. And Stella's like I am. She caught up on issues two to eight in in one sitting, pretty much. What do you think, Stella? Um, I really liked this issue. Um, you know, I love the fact that you had both Peter and Simon doing voiceovers. You know, we not only yeah. get into the heads of these two completely different characters, but we also see how their their instincts and their strategies are working in a fight. Um, obviously you know that I'm really hard on transitions and comics, um, mm-hmm. and I think all of your transitions are really tight and seamless. Uh, at first I thought the only weak one was the initial cut to the airport with Heron's, uh, Harry and Sarah, but then I realized that it's probably one of the stronger ones because right before it, um, there's a discussion, um, Peter's talking about how Mary Jane's really the thing that keeps him going, and then you cut, and then you realize that Harry is sort of, psychotically thinking that Sarah is Gwen. So it's actually like tying these two relationships together. Um, yeah. And of course, I could be reading into it, but that you know that's what I do. Um, and finally, I just have to applaud you on making Carly the great character that I knew she could be. And uh, that one scene actually gave me butterflies, which doesn't happen a lot. Aww. So awesome. <laughs> it's because you got hit on the head. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Any, any uh, ETA of issue nine, sir? I'm, uh, I'm not going to swear anything. I'm hoping uh, to get back to uh, at least kind of monthly. <laughs> so I'm going to try to get number nine out uh, around the 15th of next month to be a month after this one. Uh, we'll see how that goes. That's, that's my goal. One quick question. Why the name Simon Parker? Uh, Simon Peter from the Bible. Ah. Um, because, well, you know, I'm thinking of... Uh, I'm thinking of a name for Peter's brother. I'm thinking that uh, his parents are Irish, which uh, lends itself to uh, either Catholic or Protestant. Uh, so it, it, it made sense to me. And, you know, there's just the fact that 
P- Peter's never had a villain named Simon, so you need to look for that kind yeah, of thing, true. too. Simon says, bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm to stay away from that one so far. <laughs> and Zach, new issue of Crawl Space Avengers, sir. Pimp that, sir. Oh, man. Um, after after a pretty pretty lengthy delay, um, I'm still waiting on colors, but hey, you know what? I was sitting on this for several months, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to release it. <laughs> uh, this actually has a dubious distinction, not to, not to toot my own horn, that uh, has internal pages to this one, actual drawn pages. There's the final splash page, and then there's a page in there that was drawn by Gerard. Um, that's very important for the upcoming story arc that is called War of the World, which is a homage to uh, the H.G. Wells story. Um, this this story this pretty much picks up right where number five left off. Uh, Zach and Stella are in Texas, and uh, they're or they're, they're actually no, I'm sorry, I'm I'm gonna shoot ahead. Um, Zach and Stella go to Texas to uh, investigate where Stone is. Mark Stone being one of the big baddies of the of the story, and um, along the way, George, Jr. and Kevin all go investigate a murder of a scroll. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the first appearance of a scroll in the, in the books. And Sir Spidey, <laughs> because he just can never die, um, comes back to uh, to attack mm-hmm. uh, Stella and and everybody. And Zach, in a in a, I wish I had had this uh, page drawn, but uh, takes a big giant shard of glass and stabs it through his head. Wow. So therefore, effectively killing good <laughs> <gosh>. Sir Spidey wow. <laughs> for good. Wow. Um, and uh, that was kind of my, that was kind of, yeah, that was kind of my big <laughs> f u to uh, to. Sir and then Spidey, he goes to the uh, the clothing store, gets a hat, and places it on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, this is not an all ages look. This is a. This is a what, team. There's no mask sex in it. Come on. <laughs> no I love the opening in. line. I need Brad ASAP. Zach says dodging a cantina. <laughs> love it. That happens often, I imagine. Oh yeah, the opening. The opening scene is is Kevin and Zach uh, fighting some ninjas. So that's always. Fun. <laughs> and seriously, picture that in your head. Yeah. How is that not fun? And I love the the cover <laughs> with Stella with uh, covering her mouth, and it, and I can just see a caption going, "Oh my." <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was that was a lot of fun with the big giant uh, mushroom cloud behind them that makes everybody think that you know Kevin has they Kevin has gas. Up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> all those hot dogs, man. Anyway, if you want to check out any of these original written series, go to the Crawlspace message board, SpidermanCrawlspace.com. Click on the Crawlspace Avengers forum and also the Spider-Man Crawlspace webcomic forum, and you can read all of these and see all of the back issues. So, guys. Oh, and uh, Brad, did you notice the my favorite touch in the CSA issue was uh, Brad's secretary, Wendy? Uh, oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cameos nice. in this issue. Uh, Brandon, Gerard... Uh, Bertoni, uh, Jason, uh, Berserk Fury. Um, let's see. Who yeah, else. it was packed. What? And uh, I think Walter was at least mentioned too, wasn't he? Yeah, that Walter was mentioned as well. So we got a lot of cameos. To remember for a message board. I thought Wendy was the best one. Uh, that gave me some. Yeah, that was. Uh, I, I, I put that in there purposefully, just so that way Brad could comment Thank on it, but he sir. didn't. See I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, time for Jr.'s segment called "This Month of Spider History." We're going back, Jr. March 1977. Stegron, sir. War of the Reptile oh, Men, God. written by Len Wein, artist Ross Andrew, Amazing Spider-Man 166. Was this a good month, sir? 
1977. That disco, crap. baby, disco. Four, I was 14 years old. Uh, was <laughs> my my oh, dad was uh, graduating high school. Wow. Was this a good month? Well, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, Lynn Wayne's run was not as strong as say uh, Marv Wolfman's, which came after him, uh, and it didn't really have as much going on as Jerry Conway's did. But it was a it was a good it was a good you know uh, a run on Spider Man. Uh, again, we have the pencils of uh, who I consider the great Ross Andrew, yep. uh, who really is one of my favorite Spider Man artists. Uh, Stagron is you know not my favorite. C-list villain, but uh, you, you know this is this is an era where the stories, you know, this was a decent two-part story. It involved the lizard, and um, you know, of course, now unfortunately, so many things are cliche these days, like Billy Connors being, you know, used or kidnapped, blah 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 blah. And of course, fans of uh, longtime Spider-Man fans will wonder how Billy Connors went from a full-fledged teenager in this <laughs> issue to the eight, nine, or ten-year-old that he seems to have been in the last few years. Uh, this this also is a uh, issue, a historic issue in that uh, Harry Osborne and Liz Allen announced their engagement, which when I read that at 14, I was thinking, oh, what a cool moment, because uh, obviously not that I'm a big fan of marriage and I speak from personal experience, <laughs> but uh, it was a... Uh, but it was Sorry. a, I mean, but it was an indication that uh, that you know some of these characters can grow and evolve, and uh, I like that. So, I would give thumbs up to Amazing One Sixty Six. Now, George Berman is a huge Stegron fan. He even created a Stegron fan page on Facebook. So, uh, he he was wondering if you would like Stegron. But thumbs up or thumbs down <laughs> for Stegron. Uh, you know, I, I don't consider him a, a classic Spider-Man villain because basically he's a walking, talking dinosaur. Uh, I, I tend to prefer Spider-Man to fight, you know, lunatics wearing stupid masks. Um, <laughs> and for that reason, you know, I mean, for that reason, among others, the lizard is not one of my favorites. Uh, but I, I don't have a problem with Stagron. You know, he's not been forced on us uh, 800 million times and, and things. He comes in, Spidey kicks his ass, and we move all. Or in this case, he falls into a pond and freezes. Or, or, so. or kicks his tail. Yeah. Also, yeah. also this month, Marvel team up number 55, where Spider-Man teamed up with Warlock. Uh, writer Bill Matlow, artist John Byrne, title Spider, Spider on the Moon. <laughs> Had, uh, war, uh, the first appearance of the Gardener, who also became a Hulk villain. In that time, Jared, you read this one. The gardener. Yeah, the gardener. He he manipulated plants. Yeah, really intimidating. He had manipulated plants like poison ivy, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and this is Ooh. this is years before Plant Man came yeah. around. Jared, you like and this by one? By the way, uh, oh, I want to say I want to say something. This uh, Stegron was years before the Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> came Just saying. Now, Jr., I know you uh, didn't read much of Marvel Team Up back in the day, but it had a pretty good uh, writer and artist team on this one. Actually, I read Marvel Team Up consistently from issues 24 to 66. Okay. The Captain, the and uh, but I stopped collecting them after that. But I have per, pretty much collected the most of the rest uh, in the back issue bins because Marvel Team Ups were just dirt cheap. Yeah. Uh, but I did get this one off the shelves many years ago. I, you know, Spidey in Outer Space never did much for me. Marvel Team Up was just a real squirrely title. Yep. Um, you only, you know, I, I only got it because I was a completist 
And after like issue 66 or 7 or so, I, I got tired of the very erratic quality of it and, and dropped the title because, I mean, my God, it, what, it was like 30 or 35 cents at the time? Jeez, I couldn't afford that. Yeah. Um, you, you know, uh, in this, and, and see, in Marvel Team Up, Spider-Man had been having a lot of weird adventures in the last year. Yeah. I mean, uh, just during the year, there was that four-part story where he was back in uh, the Salem Witch Trials era, which was just a friggin' goofy story. Then he met Killraven and Deathlock in the future. Uh, he went out and uh, was, you know, was fight, hanging out with the Hulk and Wood God in the Southwest, mm-hmm. where with, with a plot that was kind of similar to George Romero's The Crazies, <laughs> almost. I mean, it, you didn't have like zombie-like people, but the whole idea was this whole area had been depopulated, I guess, because of a of a nerve gas accident Strange. or something. And it, it, yeah, it was it was you know the the, the line that I distinct, distinctly remember was you know being a massive Trekkie was Spider-Man going to Warlock and saying you know you're the, you're good with all this Star Trek stuff. <laughs> uh, can you get me home? Uh, it was it was you know Marvel team up. It was what it was. We have two more so. issues that came out this month in '77. We have Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, which is the longest title of a comic book ever, uh, written by issue number four of that title, uh, written by Archie Goodwin and artist Sal Buscema. The name of that title is uh, "The Vulture Is a Bird of Prey," featuring the first appearance of Hitman. Do you remember that one, Jr.? Yeah, I do. Uh, the Hitman didn't last too long, no. unfortunately. He uh, <laughs> he lasted in this story, and then he went over, crossed over to Amazing, and promptly fell off the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I remember Spectacular Spider-Man. Uh, it was very for the first couple of years, it had a real hard time getting its footing. Yeah. Uh, t- until the uh, until that classic Frank Miller, uh, Mantlo, uh, Carrion, uh, Daredevil. Um, uh, blind, you know, uh, mask marauder type thing. Uh, but, but what I liked about this one was that it was it was basically allowing some of the su- uh, other characters to have some subplots they hadn't had over in Amazing. And in this one, we were starting the uh, the Shishan. Uh, she had like in the previous issue, she had just showed up again, and Flash was desperate to talk to her. Uh, it was the first time he'd seen her since uh, I guess what 100 Amazing 110 or something right. with Doctor Strange. Yeah. And but her, she had this big, nasty, ugly, mean-spirited husband who was standing in her in, in her <clears throat> in the, in Flash's way. So you knew that was just going to come to a resolution, uh, which it did in a rather corny kind of way. But uh, no, I. I liked Spectacular. I mean, like I said, it had a rough start, but uh, I, I, I liked uh, the fact that they were giving you know some of the supporting characters some uh, uh, some time. And so. a random book that Spider-Man appeared in in this month and year was Howard the Duck, number 10, written by Steve Gerber and Gene Colan, called Swan Song of the Living Dead Duck. <laughs> um, the villains include the first appearance of Kong, La Murti and La Beaver. <laughs> oh no! He, uh, You're not going to turn that into a sexual well, joke, no, are not, you, Brad? I leave my mask on. Uh, we're, okay. We, no one thought about it till you said it. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> You're the pervert. Spider-Man here. had a one-page guest appearance. Jr., did you collect the duck? <laughs> no. No, I actually I do have an original Howard the Duck number one though okay. that uh, that featured Spider-Man in about six pages. Uh, you know, of course, in retrospect, I'm always happy to collect Spider-Man Goes to Cleveland stories, uh, which uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and and basically, what's funny about Howard number one, I think, is it talks about how smell 
play in Bad the Cuyahoga River is or something like that. <laughs> I, I don't really remember. But no, I did not get number ten though. I, I did not. Howard, that was that was a very unique comic, uh, written by the rather unique Steve Gerber, and uh, it just at, at that point in time in the late seventies, early eighties, where I was relative as far as age, it was not a book that appealed to me. It probably was something that would have appealed to me when I was a lot older. Yeah. Did uh, Steve Gerber was he from uh, Cleveland? Not that I'm aware oh, okay. of. Just randomly liked Not the city, that. huh? Yeah. Well, Tony Isabella was, and Tony Isabella has done some uh, Cleveland. In fact, I think I, I think that I'm trying to think if that's the reason the uh, bar with no that that big scourge thing happened in Medina, Ohio. I don't I don't know or not, but there have been some creators from around that area yeah. though. But I don't know if Gerber was. And a big thanks to SamRuby.com for supplying us this look back in Spider history. And that wraps up our second show for March. We have one more coming out this month. But before I sign off, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com, for supporting the show year after year. Another Spider Spotlight book this month is issue three of the Peter Parker miniseries, which is written by Bob Gale and Pat Olaf. Now, in this issue, Mayor Jameson is upset about a group of female Spider fans that uh, are evidently in love with our red and blue hero. Now, the group is called the Spider Girls, and, yeah, Spider-Man goes on a date with one of them. What happens? Well, you're just going to have to find out by picking up the book. Now, the cover price, 2 bucks and 99 cents. Mail order has it for $1.49, which is 50% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com and place your order. Thanks for listening, gang. For the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, I'm Brad Douglas.